you. You can close on anything you want. Okay. Well, I'd like to I'd like to close on that. Uh, I think it's just too expensive to live in Des Moines. It's just it's just too expensive of a city, and like. If, I'm just going to look at other cities like Chicago, San Francisco, New York, see what they're doing, for example, and try to do things the complete opposite. And however, I am a musician, I'm an artist, so I'm very into the creative endeavors that other people may do. I'm kind of supportive of the arts. Um, so I, that's, that's how I like diversity. I like lots of different kinds of music. Again, this is Rock Hard Caucus, episode one, two, three, one, two, three, four, it's five. Sort of, <laughs> this is our one thousand two hundred thirty fourth episode. <laughs> it's sort of a, a milestone, right? When you get to the the successive numbers, episode one, two, three, episode two, three, four. <laughs> I think any podcast that hits over 100 episodes is a unqualified success. So most of them don't make it past dozen. So that's true. That's that's what I would refer to us as an unqualified success. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to qualify it. Uh, it's a Sunday morning again. It's October 22nd as we sit here recording this. My name is Justin as usual and uh, Evan is here too. As usual. Yes. Most of the time. <laughs> and, we're going to talk about uh, some local politics stuff today. Uh, also, as usual, uh, we're sort of, uh, you know, this is two Sunday mornings in a row. This is becoming like church for us. Maybe we yeah. should try to keep the streak going. I don't know if you're busy next Sunday. Um, I don't believe so. <laughs> oh, I have a union That's meeting. That's why we record but, them. <laughs> yeah. I have a union meeting that day, but we could record some other time that day, maybe. Uh, anyway, to get us started today, I wanted to talk to you about something that happened at my house the other night. Um, have you had any canvassers show up at your place any time recently? Uh, yeah, I, I talked to uh, Jason Bennell, who is running for uh, Ward 4 City Council mm. in Des Moines against Joe Gatto. And he was oh, right. the precinct yeah. uh, chair for the caucuses in 2020, so we had already met each other. And he A came by guy, with his right? kids. Yeah, he was a Pete guy. Uh, he's really nice. Uh, mm -hmm. I would recommend if you live where I do that you vote for him in the uh, upcoming city council election. Um, I yeah, will. Gatto. I, no Gatto. Yeah, Gatto is the worst. Uh, Jason, <laughs> you know, he's a Pete guy, but we'll forgive him that. Um, <laughs> incremental progress. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, no. But it is nice when it's the actual candidate, you know, versus just a... Uh, a minion <laughs> <laughs> a lowly servant um yeah so the other night when i was well i was watching the iowa city council meeting at the time which was visited by internet nazis i don't know if you saw that yeah <laughs> I did. there were some uh nazis doing public comments so that was a uh, great fun but while that was ongoing uh a canvasser visited and i was already in a bad mood from the racist stuff at the city council mm -hmm. meeting but uh, yeah, canvasser showed up and she had little door hangers for these three Iowa City school board candidates, Jacob Onkin, Micah Brockmeyer, and Robert Decker. Now, again, I was in a bad mood 
I'm usually very nice to canvassers regardless of how awful their candidates are, but I had to be frank and honest with this woman. Mm, that's always uh, a good, good thing to be. <laughs> and it's mostly I was doing guilt by association because this guy, Jacob Onken, I dislike immensely. Uh, so I, I told her I'm absolutely not voting for these guys. And I said that they're real pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was not aggressive. At least I don't feel I was aggressive. But I, I just said, hey, look, these guys are really bad. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the reason I, I dislike Jacob Onkin so much, he ran for Iowa House uh, in 2022 against Eleanor Levin. And uh, I just pulled up this uh, Gazette article when he was running that campaign. Uh, and here's just an excerpt from that. The Gazette asked him, uh, what do you think are the three most important issues the state is facing? What would you do to address them? So he's running for the state legislature at this point. Uh, he lost that race, of course, and is now running for Iowa City School Board. He's aiming his sights a bit lower. But this was his answer to the three most important issues the state is facing and how to address them. First up, he says, protecting the vulnerable. What do you think that means, Evan? Um, homeless people. Um <laughs> the down and out of our society um racial minorities um i know what it's it's not going to be any of those (laughs) yeah you you would hope but uh it was he continues from the time of conception individuals inherit the right to life i fully support the life amendment which would improve the iowa constitution to explicitly reject the right to an abortion and reject the principle of tax-funded abortion uh issue number two medical freedom what do you think he's talking about there? Uh, he's talking about blazing it up. He, he's <laughs> that's right, yeah, a hundred percent for medical freedom to to blaze it up four twenty style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, legalizing cocaine for medicinal purposes. Yeah, stuff like that. Well, uh, medical freedom. What he means is, I want to live in an Iowa that protects my medical freedoms by opposing jab mandates and forced masking. <laughs> We must, live in, we must limit the government's ability to quash our God-given rights in situations like COVID in the name of public health. Okay, I feel like when you are running for office and using a term like jab mandate, that is uh, un- mandate. unserious. <laughs> yeah, I got a jab mandate for you. Punch people like this in the arm. Give them a, <laughs> give them a jab. <laughs> I mandate it. Uh, and yeah. then... Uh, By law. Uh, School choice was his his third most important issue, which is uh, self-explanatory. I don't even know how to make a joke about that one. Yeah. I mean, this is before that law passed, though, right? Right. So he, he missed got what the he boat. wanted. Yeah. yeah, we can even though he lost. that one off. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then there was another thing I wanted to mention in this article. They asked him specifically about public schools. And along the lines of the school choice thing, he says, we should encourage competition in the schools. This makes your makes your spine tingle, uh, and then he continues with uh, what I think he really cares about the most. Furthermore, schools have no business teaching children about gender ideology or sexual orientation. Children are extremely impressionable and in a position of vulnerability as students. 
The law should require schools to be more transparent about what happens in our schools. The law should also limit when LGBTQ topics can be discussed in our public schools. Lastly, students should only be permitted to use the bathroom that aligns with the gender they were assigned at birth. Just kind of an interesting way of phrasing it, you know, like, like he's acknowledging that this gender was sort of forced upon the student. It was assigned to them. Sort of acknowledging that it's maybe not so inherent. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't think they usually use the assigned at birth language. That's usually like uh, people who are on the other side of the issue using that language. Right. It's it's yeah. sort of like doubly evil that you know you acknowledge that it's maybe something thrust upon a person rather than really like inherently within them, but still it must be socially enforced at all mm-hmm. opportunities. Kind of maybe he's just acknowledging intersex people's experiences yeah you know the read between the lines yeah <laughs> yeah sometimes it's not it's ambiguous so okay so the reason that i was really aware of jacob onkin is because uh almost exactly a year ago i think this happened yeah like mid-october 2022 um I encountered these people because I was going to work this day. Uh, some people were protesting a drag story time event at the Iowa City Public Library. And the guy that I saw outside the library, um, and actually, <laughs> I just remember this. I'm looking at a Press Citizen article by George Shilcock about this. And they've got a picture of a guy holding a sign that says, This library grooms children. Danger. And he's wearing a Jacob Onkin campaign t-shirt. Um, hmm. but what I just remembered is that I took that picture. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that he, uh, he asked me if you were going to say it that. was, I thought you were going to say it was Joseph Dobrian. No, uh, no, he, he wasn't there to my knowledge. Um, but what happened was, uh, Jacob Onkin, while he was running for Iowa house, found out that the public library was hosting a drag story time event. And instead of having his campaign, employees slash volunteers i'm not sure how much money was involved minions. but minions yeah yeah exactly minions we'll keep using that terminology um instead of like actually campaigning for his election uh he suspended all campaign activities that day so they could go protest the drag story time uh and just you know frighten the children <laughs> uh the word groomer comes up a million times here Onkin was uh he was in the room holding a sign that said, go home drag queen groomer. Like he was actually inside there and you know, they're all wearing, you know, his campaign merch. So it's as if, as if this was a stunt to, you know, increase publicity for his, his doomed political campaign, uh, doing so in a public library, which is, I believe illegal to, to be doing like campaigning like Mm -hmm. that in there. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it. So he was running against uh, Eleanor Levin. I, I believe I said that earlier. Who it says in this article, I don't really know her personally. It says that she identifies as a member of the queer community. Um, and on and Jacob Onkin was running against her and had the word groomer on his website multiple times. So like a pretty clear sort of <laughs> uh, anti-gay slur, basically. Uh, but anyway, he lost that election 82 to 17, <laughs> which is absolutely destroyed for good reason. Um, and then, so this is the guy I really hated was Jacob Onkin. Mm-hmm. So I was 
at the at the time that the canvasser visited, I was not really familiar with these guys, Micah Brockmeyer, Robert Decker, but I was willing to assign guilt by association mm-hmm. because someone was canvassing for them along with Jacob Onken. But I figured I should look into them a little more just, well, you know, so I would have something to say on a podcast about them. So Micah Brockmeyer, I found a very similar article from another Drag Storytime event in March of this year. And let me just control F his last name here. Yeah. Yeah, that looks good. I don't know if you have it pulled up, Evan, but let I me do. just... Yes. Uh, you see that si- that cardboard sign? You see that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. It's so, kind of the same sign. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So this guy, Micah Brockmeyer, he is seen here holding a cardboard sign that says, Go Home Drag Queen Groomer. And groomer is like bold and all mm-hmm. capital letters. And I, I want to point out that one of the uh, drag queens is named Spooky Santa with an I. Uh, so this man <laughs> is, is railing against Spooky Santa, which I don't know. I support Spooky Santa. It's almost yeah. Halloween. It's almost Christmas. So yeah, yeah. This happened in in March, which is sort of well, it's closer to Christmas than Halloween, but it's you know somewhere in the middle. So. It's, and kids right love both of those holidays, <laughs> so I don't see anything wrong with this at all. No, I mean, it's a, an event for children. and I mean, he's an adult man standing in the center of, like, <laughs> yeah. a sea of seated children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just being a freak. Um, and I don't know if he held i don't know if he holds this position now but at least back in march when this article came out uh it says he was a a johnson county gop official like he's an officer of the the county republican party the the candidates chair i don't really know what that position does but you know this isn't just some guy being crazy it's a guy being crazy with the official backing of the johnson county gop and I mean, this, just seeing a photo of him doing the same thing again is, uh, that's enough for me to, you know, throw him in the trash. Don't vote for Micah Brockmeyer for school board. He's also wearing a U.S. Marine Corps veteran hat backwards, um, which I think is um, against the, the <laughs> it's like a violation code. of flag code or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His uh his door knocker is very nondescript. I think they're trying to do just like do undercover, like mm-hmm. don't tell anyone what we're really about. Just see if they'll vote for us because we look nice. Mm-hmm. This one's interesting though. It, it says safety. Teachers and staff who are properly trained and equipped to protect the students in our community. Yeah, so that's he code means give for them a gun. Give them guns, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And then this guy I know the least about. His name didn't come up in the uh, the drag story time library protests but here's robert decker there's a little bit of information about him on the back of this door knocker which i think reveals a lot uh robert has a bachelor's in business and a master's in theology Mm. that's an evil combo yeah that (laughs) makes him very qualified for the school board (laughs) (laughs) business and theology really the two things that don't belong in education (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, he works with people who have intellectual and learning disabilities. Well, that's that sounds good. He should keep doing that job. Uh, and works with to them. Lift. How though? It's yeah, yeah. He could be putting uh, them to work with his business background. <laughs> which I guess uh, some, you know, there's differing opinions on that. I think we've discussed yeah. that uh, on the I podcast before with, yeah, with Natalie. Yeah, close. Yeah, close to home for one of our people. 
but th- this is the really revealing one. His goal is to bring education back to its roots. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> Not social indoctrination. So it's the groomer shit without saying groomer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I pulled up his website, though, robertdecker.org. And there was something, like, really fun here. Let me just... Okay, yeah, yeah. Along the lines of the reading, writing, and arithmetic thing. The three R's, as they're often referred to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Back to basics. This is on his, his website. The kids need to be prepared for the real world and the fundamentals of education. Teaching anything else is propaganda and political. So... So anything that isn't STEM is is propaganda by default, like social studies, yeah. like anything, like history. Yeah. Like well, and even, <laughs> well, STEM is what? Science, tech, engineering, and math? Is that it? Yeah. 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 I mean, there's that not That doesn't really... include reading, though. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> reading and writing. Um, I mean, well, there's no science here either. In fact, uh, in fact. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> in fact, this is pretty anti-science as he continues. Uh <laughs> If a viewpoint on an issue is taught, a counterpoint should also be taught. So this is sort of the anti-evolution. This stuff is the of like, fair and balanced learning <laughs> method. Yeah. The fairness doctrine for ed- elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for instance, science is not formed by consensus, is is formed with verifiable facts and challenged slash questioned. Speaking of reading and writing, maybe proofread your fucking website, Mr. Decker. Oh, my God. Got him. (laughs) He also capitalizes climate change. (laughs) Uh, To say that science cannot be questioned is the exact opposite of science. Climate change is not a a confirmed science. It is as the the so-called scientists say, a consensus. (laughs) That's an interesting <laughs> distinction. <laughs> it's not confirmed. It's just most scientists do believe that it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't they really have give a consensus. Any... It's not confirmed. Yeah. I would like maybe a, a counterexample. Because then, like, what is science? What would qualify for that? It really is all based on consensus, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Observation. Uh, if climate change of any kind is taught, then there, are, then there are also climate scientists who believe and have data to the opposite viewpoint. That should then be taught. Hmm. Our children have to be able to use critical thinking and weigh issues and come to their own conclusions, not forced to believe one side or the other on any issue or topic. <laughs> Informed choice is how you education, not indoctrination. <laughs> Man. Yeah, he does. He has a lot of, uh, well, I'm looking at the other stuff, but he likes to capitalize uh, a lot of different things. Like uh, equality does not mean equal outcomes, equal outcomes capitalized, but equal mm-hmm. opportunity. Equal opportunity capitalized. capitalized. <laughs> yeah. 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 E- equal outcome philosophy only leads to sharing an equal misery, also capitalized, not success, also capital- capitalized. <laughs> yeah. Man, the this important guy, words get capitalized. Yeah, he's he's got some some serious beliefs. That's true. <laughs> I would recommend uh, rather than serving on the school board, he should enroll in some remedial reading and writing classes. You know, one thing I didn't say is that was well, this on his door knocker? 
It's not. So this is on his website, but not in the door knocker. A basic like fact about him. He's a U.S. veteran who served from 1985 to 1989 in the Army with one year patrolling the DMZ Line of Freedom. Which the would be Line Korea. of Freedom. <laughs> which That's... is Korea, right? <laughs> yeah. In <laughs> the late 80s? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was like, you know, I, I don't know a lot about Korean history of the 80s, but I'm not sure how hot the DMZ was at the time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's very funny to call the DMZ the, the line of freedom. It's like pretty <laughs> uh, double speak <laughs> sort of thing. So th- that's those are my three anti endorsements for the Iowa City School Board. Those names, again, are Jacob Onkin, Micah Brockmeyer, Robert Decker. So uh, if you live in the Iowa City School District and will be voting on November 7th, I would request that you not vote for Jacob Onkin, Micah Brockmeyer, or Robert Decker for the reasons that we just discussed. (laughs) And since all those local elections are coming up again on November 7th, um, you know, we're not a hundred percent sure. I don't know if we'll release another regular episode before then. Maybe we will if we meet next Sunday, but, uh, I thought now would be a good opportunity to lay out, uh, any other endorsements we might have in these upcoming local elections. Uh, we already discussed, uh, voting against Joe Gatto in uh, ward four <laughs> in Des Moines. So yep. that's a good one to remember. I forgot. I did get a call from a, a Jogato canvasser, and uh, I picked it up and I heard who it was, and I said, "I I'm not voting for jo- for Jogato." Yeah, and she just hung up. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, just hung up like that. Didn't say anything. Uh, no, she just said like, "Thanks for your time." Blah blah blah. Okay, all right, all right, real good. fast. Though. Like, yeah. yeah, within like a second. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to waste time. Um, okay, so other other. Uh, endorsements uh some of these we've already talked about because you know denver foot was on the podcast itself Mm -hmm. uh denver is running for des moines mayor i think you should definitely vote for them for obvious reasons they were on the podcast that's that's the number one reason that's a good Um, reason um there's been some big (laughs) developments in the uh, des moines mayoral race um the Linda Westergaard, Carl Voss, and uh, Joe Gatto have all endorsed mm-hmm. Connie Bozen for mayor. Um, they're they're basically ganging up to prevent uh, Josh Mandelbaum from from winning, or that's their their goal because Josh Mandelbaum is uh, obviously too radical of a candidate <laughs> for, yeah. for Des Moines right now because he uh, I guess the <laughs> thing that he's pushing right now is that he uh, he and Indira Shoemaker pushed uh, a resolution to like basically like add abortion uh, rights yeah. to like yep. city code or whatever all every other counselor voted against it so now he's saying that he is the only candidate who is willing to support like abortion rights at the city level Connie mm-hmm. Bozen saying it's a state level thing, and Denver Foot is saying I've been saying this the entire time, and Joshua Mandelbaum is not the only <laughs> pro-abortion yeah, yeah. candidate on the on the ballot. Yeah, I mean Denver has been an abortion activist among other things yeah. for a really long time. So yeah. Josh is obviously not the only candidate, but you know they're they're very rude people, and they they dismiss Denver as not a serious campaign. Because Denver doesn't have the backing of, you know, very serious Des Moines yeah. rich people. Yeah. Yeah. Her property developer brothers, um, anything like that. 
Uh, and Denver also uh, recently participated in, uh, you know, pro-Palestinian protests. And uh, I obviously no other candidates are going to touch that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Denver deserves yeah, a lot of credit. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, another local to me, although, you know, I can't vote in this race because I live in the Superior uh, city of Coralville, but in the Iowa City Council race uh, in District A, Laura Burgess and Pauline Taylor are running for one seat. They're running against each other. Um, I would prefer that Laura Burgess win that election. Uh, Pauline Taylor, for those who maybe are not in the know, uh, last summer when there was some there was a special meeting called to uh, denounce our podcast at the Iowa City Council. Um, Pauline Taylor said some things about how she wouldn't want her grandchildren to be listening to our podcast. And that is not the kind of person who should be in local government. I think that everybody's grandchildren should be listening to Rock Hard Caucus. And if we're going to elect people that, that prevent grandchildren from hearing this show, like, where are we going as a society? That's not right. Hmm. Laura Burgess has never said anything negative about grandchildren listening to Rock Hard Caucus and is therefore worthy of uh, your support as a Rock Hard Caucus listener. Yeah. So if, if anyone wants to know, it is okay for uh, a grandchild to listen to the Rock Hard Caucus podcast. We get a lot of comments. It tends to be on like our, our YouTube and uh, whatever. Um asking if it's okay for certain people of certain age ranges um, or certain persuasions to, to listen to the podcast. And, and the answer for grandchildren is yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we do have the podcast marked as um, explicit on uh, iTunes or Apple podcasts or whatever it's actually called. Um, so that means that it means that we say bad words like shit. It means that we're naked when we record the podcast, <laughs> but you can't see it because we're in an audio format. That's right. Yeah. I always put a shirt on if we record the video, but other than that. Um, and I mean, I first I first heard the word shit from my grandmother. So, like, if that's not mm. how it works with your family, I don't know what's going on. But, uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Appropriate yeah. for, for grandchildren. Definitely. And then another one, another endorsement that's very close to us as a podcast, Dexter Mershbrock running for re-election, uh, Cedar Rapids School Board District 4. Dexter is uh, one of the only, well, you know, the only <laughs> member of the Cedar Rapids School Board who is willing to stick his neck out for any purpose. Uh, the rest of them seem to be just uh-huh. like a status quo, go along to get along type people. Dexter is actually willing to... Uh, take a stand on certain issues. Um, I don't know if if you are aware of this, Evan, but uh, the person running against Dexter in the Cedar Rapids School Board District 4 went to our high school. Did you know Caitlin Byers? I did did not. Um, Do you know what year she graduated? I don't remember. I, I think I barely knew her. I think she was in like choir and stuff. Well, I was definitely not in choir. Um, Right. I wasn't really in anything, actually, <laughs> but <laughs> I was, yeah, not even there a lot of the time. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do not recognize this name or uh, her picture. Yeah, I, I only vaguely But Dexter re- is the homie, her. and we we support Dexter. He's also been a guest on the podcast. Right. That's, that's yep. why he earns the endorsement. That's the number one reason. Mm-hmm. 
and because he's like just a sensible, like reasoned, well, well uh, read individual. And he's a mailman. You got to support your your post office workers. Yeah. But I bring up his opponent because there was an interesting article in the Gazette uh, published by or written by uh, Grace King, uh, September 29th. So last month. Um, So Caitlin Byers, our former classmate who we recall with much fondness, um, (laughs) she filed some paperwork to run against Dexter, our friend. And it seems like she didn't meet a lot of requirements that are supposed to be like legal legal requirements for completing this paperwork yeah which uh, under it's most abby circum- think situation all over yeah, again yeah that's remember, right remember yeah. that <laughs> yeah i mean under most circumstances i don't consider these requirements to be like i don't really give a shit honestly. yeah right but <laughs> yeah some of them are very silly but yeah. some of them are like kind of eye-raising <laughs> yeah and it's interesting how like how these things are enforced more so than there's any like actual intrinsic value to filling out paperwork correctly. Mm-hmm. Like, and how, how people, you know, in the Finkenauer situation, how people may cast themselves as victims when they like fuck up their paperwork or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But she, she filed the paperwork and there were multiple issues with it. Let me, let me just, uh, scroll down here. Okay. So, uh, another candidate named Stacy Johnson uh, filed some kind of objection to Caitlin Byers' paperwork. Uh, Stacy Johnson is running against oh David Tominsky, who is the school board president. Uh, he serves a uh, school board district one. These details really, really matter. Um, <laughs> anyway, Stacy Johnson filed objections because uh, Caitlin Byers' paperwork did not reference. Wait, fuck! What am I doing? They talk about like multiple fucking people's paperwork in here so yeah i'm having a hard time following it too yeah so stacy johnson's paperwork also had been challenged because the paperwork did not say explicitly that stacy johnson was running for the school board she used the initials crcsd instead of writing out cedar rapids community school district and she did not answer the yes or no question is the candidate running to fill a vacancy due to the death resignation removal or temporary appointment of an office holder so it comes across like this person, Stacy Johnson, filed this objection against another candidate because her paperwork had been challenged. So why isn't this other oh. person's paperwork being challenged? Right. Oh, I see. So, for example, Johnson claimed that parts of the candidate header on Byers' nomination paperwork required by law to be filled out before prospective candidates accept signatures appeared to be written by Byers' husband based on handwriting comparisons <laughs> and alterations appear to be made on each document, <laughs> among other things. So it's like everything has to be filled out on this like petition paperwork before you accept signatures, but it looks like the information at the top was either filled in or altered after the signatures were collected, which is not supposed to be allowed. And then most interestingly of all, in my opinion... The notary seal on Byers' nominating petition came from Portugal, <laughs> and was yeah, called that into question is, by that's uh, what's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> so it was notarized in Portugal rather than than locally. Um, Byers told the Gazette that she was visiting her brother in Portugal and was informed that to file my paperwork, I needed the affidavit notarized. 
I tracked down the only notary in the city who was happy to assist. So in order for her to meet some kind of like filing deadline, she had to get this stuff notarized while she was out of the country. Um, and this is according to uh, Matt Warfield, the Lynn County deputy auditor. This is the first time this has ever happened. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> they've, they've had a notary seal on a candidate's paperwork in the state of Iowa. Never happened before, according to him. Interesting. Well, apparently, I'm just doing some Googling, and apparently the U.S. Embassy offers notary services to be used for documents inside the United States. So, so for exactly this purpose. Yeah. So, like, that doesn't seem like... I. Yeah. It, it seems like there would be some, like, discrepancy between, like, Portugal's laws and United States laws for that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But, yeah. but if it is, like, a, someone who's, like, a, a notary who's authorized to work in the United States, it's, it's probably fine. But yeah, mm-hmm. very weird. It's just strange. Know. Yeah. Like, I don't really think this is all that important. But it's interesting yeah. how multiple, like, uh, members of the school board, so Dexter's colleagues, uh, rejected uh, rejected the objections to Caitlin Byers' paperwork. So th- they're allowing mm-hmm. uh, an opponent to their colleague, Dexter, to run despite these issues and and multiple like election officials and auditors and stuff are just like yeah whatever it's fine (laughs) so i mean whatever i don't care that much but i do think it's interesting that they seem more than willing to allow a challenge to the only member of the school board who is doing things like this which i pulled from another gazette article school board member dexter mershbrock who voted in april against demolishing harrison that's an elementary school that they're gonna Mm -hmm. bulldoze or whatever Uh, he said that the board's initial decision should be overturned i don't think we should be closing any schools if we don't have to especially if they serve a community in a neighborhood he said Mershbrock made a motion to adopt the community proposal not to demolish the Harrison building. The motion did not receive a second. <laughs> so no one's even willing to vote on anything like this, despite like a group of community members showing up to their school board meeting and saying, we would prefer you not tear down the elementary school in our neighborhood. Dexter's the only candidate or, you know, he's a member of the board, but he's running for reelection. He's the only one who mm-hmm. is like listening to, community members who are saying they would prefer the district not tear down a bunch of buildings which seems to me like the only purpose is like to pass some money along to like construction companies to build new schools yeah or where is there even any plans to build another school to like is it the issue that the building is just like decrepit or is it like they're just trying to like shuffle students around and shuffle money around I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure on any yeah. of that. Yeah. Oh, okay. It says they they do want to build a new school on the site. Okay, so, so yeah, they're gonna you're in the exact same spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, from what I can tell, like the general public of Cedar Rapids is not really on board with the city's ongoing project to just destroy all the historical buildings. <laughs> mm-hmm. No one seems to be very happy about that. And there's only one school board member who is listening to those concerns. Dexter Mershbrock. So for those reasons, but more importantly, the fact that he was a guest on this podcast, he receives the Rock Hard endorsement. <laughs> yes, sir. I had one other thing I, I wanted to... This is a quasi-endorsement, more like a a silly plan. Um, 
<laughs> so the the caucuses, the Iowa caucuses, the famous Iowa caucuses are scheduled for January 15th of 2024. The Democratic caucuses are not going to be competitive at all. It's at this point it's just Joe Biden and well, Marianne Williamson. That's right. And they they finally caved to the DNC and so the voting is not going to happen at the caucus. They're just going to be the choosing the people yeah. to go to the convention. Um, right. Hmm. Which which is also an opportunity for shenanigans because there's going to be even less people attending. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. If you have the stomach for that, then then by all means go to the Democratic caucuses and uh, try to get some more like legalized drugs party blanks going yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> to annoy some uh, conservative Democrats. Yeah, piss off the the Tyler Grangers of the future. Anyway, the the Republican caucuses are going to be more more of an actual thing uh what happens at those caucuses actually counts towards the republican nomination process uh even though we all know it's a foregone conclusion uh donald trump will Mm -hmm. be running for president from prison and will win (laughs) (laughs) but there's more candidates running uh despite them not having a serious shot they are running campaigns and my plan up until a couple days ago was i was going to register as a republican in caucus for perry johnson wearing my abolish the fbi hat and i figured in a county like ours like johnson county which is very heavily democratic we could probably skew a few delegates actually to perry johnson because there's there's not a lot of republicans like in the urban areas of johnson county Uh, a few of these precincts could probably swing and and you know if i can encourage a a few of the liberal lefty types to to fuck with the republican caucuses you know since the democratic Hmm. caucuses won't matter but unfortunately my my plans have been thwarted by the candidate himself october 20th this is in the Iowa Capitol Dispatch. Michigan businessman Perry Johnson suspends 2024 presidential bid. Damn. Man, he had such a good shot, too. Like, he really, he was, he's catching on, I'm telling you. And <laughs> they're going to they're gonna shut down the campaign now before even a single vote has been cast, like Kamala Harris style? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? You know, I was upset, but you just made me realize he has a good shot at the vice oh, president. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's, that would be a good position for him. He would be a super interesting running mate for Trump. He could, he's a big quality control guy, so he could basically just be quality control over Trump's, like, speeches and his his statements. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Process improvements for for Trump uh, Trump's public speaking. So, so Perry's... Uh, statement as he closes down his campaign i haven't received an email from him in quite a while by the way even though i'm on his campaign list uh but this statement uh, he criticized the rnc for intentionally keeping outsiders in quotes outsiders out of the uh, debates with their polling and fundraising thresholds here's a quote from johnson i must admit the corruption among leaders at the rnc during this process was appalling Not only was the debate process set up to keep outsiders off the stage and without a voice, but when we did meet their arbitrary metrics, corrupt leaders used their authoritarian power to kick me off the stage at 11 p.m. the Monday before the debate, despite our team working with Fox News all weekend on logistics. So he has a very specific grievance. (laughs) 
he wasted all that time working on logistics just for them to rip it away. Gotta piss you off, man. Justice for Perry. Yeah, absolutely. Like this is, you know, his uh, post, you know, after we saw him at the state fair, he sort of pivoted and he got like excluded from the debates. He sort of pivoted to being like the pro January 6th candidate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how much you saw of that, but he was like offering to uh, like support the, the legal um, battles of the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The January 6th participants. There's not really anything about that in this article. He seems to have dropped that point. They mention here that he polled below 1% in the August Des Moines Register Mediacom Iowa poll. So, it's, I mean, only up from here. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know right. why he gave up so quick. Man. What does Big and Rich think about this? <laughs> Big I mean, or Rich? Which one was his friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I think it was Rich. But I imagine they're really bummed. Man, it's, that's sad. I don't know what to do now. Will Hurd also dropped out, but I don't know anything about him. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I think he was at the state fair, but like days after anyone else was. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, pretty funny for, I, I have no, who is Will Hurd? He sounds like, a, is there like a sports guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. Like a sports guy. The only thing I know about him is he was one who was like willing to openly criticize Trump on stage and he was like getting booed for it by crowds it's like the oh, only thing i, I saw see. about him oh he's a former cia clandestine officer so that makes sense he's part of the, the so deep he's deep state, state. So yeah what the fuck yeah man, man. <laughs> <laughs> well but speaking of uh presidential candidates you know this is kind of a segue um marionette miller meeks recently hosted her third annual event so this is an event where she invites a bunch of, uh, in this case, presidential candidates to speak. But they called it the Triple MMM Tailgate. <laughs> triple MMM Tailgate. So that would mean MMM, 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 right? It's MMM squared. Yeah. Tri- triple MMM. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. M- yeah. MMM squared. MMM and M. <laughs> but uh, up in the movement the moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean vivek was at this so i wonder if he wrapped it all <laughs> well anyway but before i get into like what happened at the triple mmm mmmmm uh tailgate uh have you been following the speaker the speaker of the house situation at all uh yeah a little bit uh <laughs> Jim Jordan's not going to be the new House Speaker. And they had a sit-down meeting. Well, I mean, he like lost votes every single time. He was like eight votes <laughs> short the first time. And then they did two more votes. And he was even further behind both times. Yeah. And then they had a meeting <laughs> with him, with the people who were like holding out. And they're like, you are not going to become a uh, Speaker. There's no deals to be made. You will not be the Speaker. Um, <laughs> and now there's like no one else to fill the ranks and they might make that that patrick mahenry guy um keep being the temporary like speaker a, for like what the is next it? he's year. interim yeah <laughs> over a year yeah it's pretty funny i mean it was really funny it's when very they, wild yeah they did that to kevin mccarthy and now they like it's the same thing is happening to whoever they put forward to replace hmm. him pretty almost good. like kevin mccarthy <laughs> wasn't the problem maybe there's like divisions inside the the party were the problem yeah it's fun that's great it's a great thing uh, it's, been a, Jordan, yeah, it's been a nice refreshing cheer up from the other horrible news um that's been <laughs> out so 
<laughs> something like, we can right. all be happy about. Yeah, th- there's um, I don't know if it's in the statement that I pulled up here, but yeah, a lot of the the like complaints about how you know this is a this is a mess. We need a speaker. We need a speaker so we can send more money to Israel. <laughs> I've seen multiple statements like that. Uh, Jim Jordan, of course, lost because he has a lot of baggage uh, as it relates to uh, wrestling assault covering up <laughs> yeah covering up horrible things yeah unfortunately actually that doesn't seem to weigh into anyone's uh, decision making process yeah. the fact that he's got like the skeletons of children in his closet uh no big deal it's more of just bullshit political far-right intricacies <laughs> um but anyway marionette miller meeks that's who we were talking about she's my my representation in congress uh after she won an election by six votes and then won re-election easily. So she's got a long future probably. Well, she voted for Jim Jordan. You know, I'll just read this statement she released and that'll reveal everything. She released this uh, earlier this week. I think it would have been the 18th or 19th timeline doesn't matter so much, but she said yesterday I voted to support Jim Jordan's candidacy for speaker of the house. I voted for Jim Jordan for the greater good of the House Republican Party based on our conference meeting and the test speaker ballot that was cast earlier this week. However, after one round of votes with my support, he was not able to secure enough votes for the speaker nomination. And my initial concerns about threatening tactics of Jim Jordan's supporters, including from members of Congress, increased despite assurances. So there's... (laughs) in order to whip votes for Jim Jordan, they're threatening people, (laughs) threatening members of Congress. Like who's, who's making the threats. She should be naming names. If there's like actual members of Congress threatening her. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the whole, that's kind of the whole thing with like the internal divisions in the Republican caucus. It's like they, the, any like moderate, so-called moderate Republicans are like unwilling to actually like, call out any of their colleagues or call out you know the big guy himself donald trump (laughs) yeah and so like they don't really have any room for maneuverings they're like trapped between like not offending like angry trump voters and like actually running a a, you know fucking (laughs) house of representatives like and obviously, like Matt Gates, and they don't have any actual intentions of doing anything. Like they're they're just there to to burn it all down. It's not like there's really that much to like get behind anyway. Like mm-hmm. this seems to be like an ongoing problem since the Tea Party stuff. They don't even have. They're not even talking about like. There's not even like any discussions about like deals they're trying to make. Like uh, we'll support you if you give us this. Like it's they they don't have like anything that they're even like talking about other than we need a leader we need uh someone who is a non-specific leader who is not gonna like trample on our extremist voters but also isn't going to work with democrats like mm-hmm. <laughs> well so dysfunction yeah. is the purpose it seems like i mean that's the ultimate i guess you know, they, they, <laughs> once they got once they have like a a super conservative Supreme Court, then it doesn't matter what the rest of the government does. You should like try to just shut down as much as possible, right? Yeah. Well, well, they passed that forty-five day 
continuing resolution to keep the government funded and now there's not going to be like a functioning <laughs> house of representatives to pass another budget so true yeah that is just sort of maybe the, maybe they are getting what they keeping. maybe they are getting what they want in the end which is just uh, another government shutdown that that they will be 100% blamed for i mean maybe <laughs> that's the good news that biden needs right now um hmm. yeah, yeah. It all works out in the end. This, these things have a way of working themselves out for the uh, the duopoly that runs our nation. Okay, so she'd been receiving threats. Uh, today, it became abundantly clear early in the roll call vote that Jim Jordan still did not have the votes necessary to become speaker. Given the concerns I had before any vote and the ability of the speaker designee to unify the conference, I voted in support of Appropriations Committee Chairwoman Kay Granger to serve as Speaker of the House. Have you ever heard that name in your life? I have not, but I, I did see that. Uh, I don't know remember what article it was, but apparently that Kay Granger like pointed at her and laughed when she mm-hmm. voted for her. So it was <laughs> yeah. like totally just a protest vote that had you know she was like i'm gonna vote for my friend yeah it's pretty fun uh i voted for chairwoman granger because she has demonstrated great leadership this year by bringing forth and passing fiscally responsible single subject appropriations bill and uh, appropriations bills and is a staunch conservative (laughs) okay (laughs) however Since my vote in support of Chairwoman Granger, I have received credible death threats and a barrage of threatening calls. The proper authorities have been notified and my office is cooperating fully. So, like, he's... Jim Jordan's got a posse. Mm. He's got people willing to make death threats for him. I (laughs) mean... Yeah. God. Can you imagine what's going to happen if Trump doesn't win? Like January 6th is going to happen again and probably going to be worse if like people are getting death threats over a fucking house speaker nomination vote. <laughs> for Jim like, Jordan. For Jim Jordan. Uh, like, the world people famous, are gonna, everyone's favorite, Jim Jordan. Yeah, it's going to be fucking insane. <laughs> like unprecedented times. Oh, it is in in here. Um, all right. Well, she she says she hates bullies and anyone who threatens another with bodily harm or tries to suppress differing opinions undermines opportunity for unity and regard for freedom of speech. That's why I spoke out forcefully against censorship and suppression during the COVID-19 pandemic. <laughs> so me getting death threats. You know, this is exactly why I talked about medical freedom. Two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> this is the same right. thing. <laughs> this is why I spoke out against those jab mandates. Uh, and then in, in the, the end of this statement, she says, our party needs a consensus candidate so we can get back to the work forwarding appropriations, supporting Israel, and stopping the insane policies of the Biden administration. So she brings it all back to how Biden's the real enemy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Israel is the real friend. So this is uh this was like looming large as as we approached the triple MMM tailgate. So in this Gazette article from Tom Barton, they have a really great quote from Marionette Miller Meeks. Uh, Miller Meeks reported that she received death threats Wednesday after voting against Jordan, and other anti-Jordan House Republicans also reported death threats and threatening calls. Here's the quote. 
I am never going to quit fighting for Iowa, and I am never going to quit fighting for this country. So if you think you can intimidate me, go suck it up, buttercup. Uh, man, <laughs> she's so tough. Yeah, this is coming from uh, a woman who's about four feet tall. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't really have the vibe of a typical Republican politician. She has more of the vibe of like a, a school teacher. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, there, there was something else I wanted to to talk about in this article, the Buttercup article from Tom Barton of the Cedar Rapids Gazette. I think I said this a few minutes ago that uh, presidential candidates spoke at the mm, tailgate. And, you know, the subject of the day is the Israel-Palestine uh, heavy quotes conflict, mm-hmm. which I'd be more inclined to refer to as uh, an ongoing genocidal project. That's the main subject of, of the day. So, uh, for example... Ron DeSantis. Uh, you know what? I'm going to show you this, Evan, because it's a very nice image. Uh, Ron DeSantis. I forgot about Ron DeSantis. He's still, he's still out here? In the back of a pickup truck, looking cool <laughs> as hell. <laughs> uh, he. So I'm just doing Control-F Palestine <laughs> in, this, in this article. Florida Governor oh, no. Ron DeSantis repeated his calls to deny Palestinian refugees entry into the United States and criticized students protesting Israel's actions in response to the attacks, calling them Hamas supporters. He vowed to revoke student visas and deport foreign nationals who support Hamas. (laughs) Oh my God. Part of his quote about refugees. We don't want to import the pathologies of the Middle East here. Oh my God. (laughs) Just the racist... Racist as hell. Like, what the fuck, man? That's like... Yeah, that's like the Trump travel ban, but like even more explicitly racist. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we d- wow. Like, we don't want the pathologies of the Middle East. We got our own pathologies over here. For sure, we do pathologies. You don't want to mix up the pathological gumbo. <sighs> it's a lot of pathologies. <laughs> uh, what about Nikki Haley? You know, she's a moderate, sensible Republican, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, All right. So uh, in the wake of the surprise attack by Hamas on Israel, Haley called on Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to, quote, finish the Palestinian militant group. So she agrees with Joe Biden. That's the the moderate position. (laughs) The moderate position on this is that we forcibly, like, remove people from their homes with no, like, hope of ever going back. That's the moderate position right now that Joe Biden and, yeah, like, this is fucking it's <laughs> enraging yeah evil shit uh haley celebrated the announcement friday that hamas had released two americans who had been held hostage in gaza uh two prayers were answered haley said but said president joe biden should not give the hamas any leniency for the release of the american hostages so that they just re- you release them for well, no reason we're not gonna <laughs> you don't get anything in that- return that Joe Biden isn't calling the shots here. The uh, Israeli government is. So yeah. mm-hmm. he's kind of hemmed in. <laughs> can't Haley can't lose uh, our greatest ally in the Middle East <laughs> over Haley's uh, milk toast objections to genocide. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Haley said the United States needs to do more to support Israel. 
By providing military aid as well as pulling government funding from universities with students and staff who oh hold protests God. in support of Palestinians. That is batshit. Yeah. <laughs> Pull government funding from universities with students and staff who hold protests in support of Palestinians. Like, that's... Even, <laughs> even if you, like, are on her side of this issue, how the fuck can a university control what its students do <laughs> if the students hold protests the university loses funding so you need you need your university police forces out there cracking skulls oh my god ASAP to stop like nip this in the bud man that oh, that fucking pisses me off especially because she's getting so much positive coverage from like all these like like bleeding heartland again my my nemesis mm. uh <laughs> sorry laura <laughs> like, well come on dude like you can't nikki haley is just as much of a fucking lunatic even if she is like slightly more moderate on abortion like mm-hmm. that does not mean that she's not a fucking lunatic yeah that's horrible like that's one of the words I didn't, I didn't hear about that uh the college thing that's that's far out poll funding from schools where protests happen okay there goes education i'm again part of the larger project i guess uh what about tim scott he's a very what about him he's a very normal candidate for president yeah (laughs) man Uh, i the last time i (laughs) thought about tim scott was when he was uh at that mcdonald's in like ames or something and he was just like uh it was just a picture of him at a mcdonald's uh, let me find it. Yeah, I don't think I saw that. He's he's chilling. <laughs> Got a little hungry on the road in Iowa. Good thing I spotted the golden arches, and he's holding a uh, up the fries to show the camera. Maybe good album art. Yeah, let me pull that up. It's not a selfie either. He he had someone take a picture of him posing with French fries <laughs> for McDonald's uh, and a Big Mac. Yeah, he looks very happy too. Super happy to be holding those fries and They're to be fries. on the road in Iowa. You can hate the corporation, but the fries are good. Yeah, it can't really be denied. Um, here's a hot take, though. I, I tend to prefer Burger King fries mm. to McDonald's. They've changed them so many times. I, I think I used to agree with that, but not anymore. Yeah, McDonald's gets points for consistency for 100 years straight. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. kind of their main thing. The food tastes yeah. the same as when you were a baby. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like... Uh, McDonald's, I get, you know, two cheeseburger value meal. Cheeseburgers have tasted the same forever. Fries mm. taste the same as forever. I don't I'm not trying any of that new shit. Yeah. Yeah. Stick I will to the say, basics. You know, the mid to late two thousands Wendy's fries, that was the epitome of fast food fries to me. But then they shifted over to this like sea salt thing and they were super dry. Yeah. And they've they've never come back from that to me. But I'm I'm a, yeah. a little outside of the the norm when it comes to fries i I prefer them to be a little bit softer and if they're floppy i kind of like a floppy fry i I don't hate a floppy fry but (laughs) back to tim scott (laughs) tim scott and his (laughs) fries took us on a journey um but he also had some opinions on israel and gaza uh scott described protests happening across the country against israel's response in gaza as anti-semitic and vowed if elected, he would sign into law legislation he introduced to revoke federal student aid to colleges or universities that say it's okay to spread terrorism on our campuses. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, if 
if a, a university was releasing a statement like that that said it's okay to spread terrorism on our campuses, you know, that's a different conversation, I think. <laughs> yeah. I'm not totally sure that that's what's happening. Are we talking about the School of Americas? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay to spread terrorism in the global community. That, that's what the, the schools right. teach us. <laughs> yeah. If you're getting a, a degree in uh, international affairs, I think that's that's the number one thing you learn. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't have anything else about the candidates saying anything about Palestine, but they did get comments from voters. They interviewed some voters who attended the triple MMM tailgate. Uh, for example, Bill Montag of Coralville. So he's my neighbor. Uh, he said he remains undecided, but he was impressed with both DeSantis and Haley. So here's, here's a quote from him regarding the Israel-Palestine thing. The attacks on Israel were a disgrace, and I agree with everyone that Hamas needs to be removed from Earth. They need to be taken out. It doesn't mean that all the Palestinians are bad, obviously, but it's hard for us to give aid directly to Gaza because it's essentially giving aid to Hamas as much as the Palestinian people need it. I think we have to stand with Israel. So I still, you know, I still would not endorse what this guy has to say, but that's so far removed from what the candidates were saying, right? Like that's so much closer to what I would consider a moderate position on this. Right. And this is a guy who says he's torn between Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, two of the most like bloodthirsty presidential candidates. Yeah. I I still think it's crazy that these people haven't figured out that like people... I mean, obviously, they didn't really have any problem with the Trump policies, but they were way more interested in his personality than yeah. than I mean, like, I just don't understand how they haven't like caught up to this. Like, you can say crazy shit, but like, you have to uh, be like somewhat likable. <laughs> you should have a personality when you do it. Yeah, I mean, Vivek yeah. kind of kind of gets that. He's the one who... Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's the only one who does. closest to nailing that. But yeah, public opinion has shifted quite a bit when it comes to Israel, I think, over the past month. Yeah. For obvious reasons. There's been some interesting polls coming out that, like, the majority of people do not support sending aid to Israel or sending weapons to Israel, but they do support sending aid to Palestine. I mean, There's, it's yeah, close, but... But yeah, things are so definitely changing. That's so much different than where it was. Yeah. For sure. And then there's like people from the State Department resigning. There's like articles coming out about a bunch of other people uh, supporting them. And um, yeah, it's, yeah, again, it's like a tipping point where can't really go back to the way it was before. Like it's like out in the open now. I mean, it, it always was out in the open, but now there's like more of a like critical support for, there's for a lot Palestine. More, yeah, like sort of out, outward acknowledgement of like, the reality of the yeah. situation when you get and you, when, can you call know, people uh, anti-semitic as as much as you want but like <laughs> i'm i'm glad to see that people are not like backing down from like false accusations like that yeah i mean i i hate to sound like one of those those people who are like you know the more you call me racist the less that word has any meaning but like 
that really is the case <laughs> with, with like yeah, some of these case, accusations of anti-Semitism. When, when all you're saying is like, you know, this this tiny group of uh, Arab people who have been forced to live on an increasingly smaller amount of land, I don't think they should be wiped out. I don't think that you should do a genocide on them. When you're calling somebody saying that anti-Semitic, like that really kind of does undermine. Like, right. And like fucking like Thomas Friedman is like, posting like pro-palestine articles now like which is (laughs) yeah yeah i don't yeah i don't know when you when you even are quoting like a desantis haley voter in the newspaper and he even that type of guy is getting a little bit wishy-washy on the issue like the Mm -hmm. stuff has shifted for sure uh do you want to finish today's episode with a little voicemail we got sure we got a check-in from, from our old friend. I think you know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to call us, the phone number is 319-849-8733. Very easy way to remember that is 319-TI-98-P. And that's P-E-E. Like the liquid that comes from your body. P. <laughs> mm-hmm. That one. So we... uh the last time we listened to voice ones, they were a month and a half old. This one is only two days old, so we're kind of catching up. We're uh, a much less of a backlog with these things. Rock Carters, it's Iowa's only Democrat and state auditor, Rob Sand. It's been 42 days since I last called you. I can't remember your faces or your voices. I hope you've been able to continue the podcast without me, your co-host. I can't stand it anymore. Caitlin Clark is still after me, always just out of reach. I try to rest when she's not around, but I dream of the buttery visage every time I close my eyes. But, But I think I finally found a way to escape. I can't believe I didn't think of it before, podcasters. It's the Sky Glider. I dropped a fried Oreo on the seat, and it didn't come back. Rock harder. It doesn't loop anymore. It goes somewhere <laughs> forever and ever. I have to get on, my, my fellow co-hosts. There are press conferences and articles that aren't about me. There are small-town... <laughs> secretaries picking from the petty cash drawer all over the state. I have to bust them. No one else. I'm Rob Flipping Sand, okay? Rock Harders, the next time I call you, I will be free. One way or another. Toodles. <laughs> uh, I love the serious, gruff doodles at the end. Man, Rob's been going through it lately. Yeah, you know, I am sort of, uh, I'm heartened by that last call. It sounds like he's sort of f- finding his way back to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I was happy to hear that he is seemingly keeping track of the days somehow. He knew that it had been 42 days since he last called. Um, mm-hmm. He's he seems a lot more optimistic about what's coming. He seems mm-hmm. to have found a way out of the like pocket dimension that he's trapped in. Uh, the mm-hmm. sky glider, which is like a, a ski lift, right? Um, mm-hmm. see, seems to be taking 
its passengers to out of out of that realm to another plane. So hopefully mm-hmm. that works out for him. Yeah. So yeah, if you're like a low level public employee in Iowa and you've been embezzling money, Rob, he's he's back. So look out. Watch out. He is the knight. I did uh, receive an. E- I, I'm wondering, like, if his there seems to be some kind of cover up from like his uh, his office staff. Like, they have not acknowledged that he has been missing for about two months now. Uh, hmm. Like, I got a, I got an email from him saying we should legalize weed. It's like, well, he's not yeah. even in our plane of existence right now. I don't know how he's sending this email. <laughs> yeah. So maybe the weed would send him back too, you know, kind of sends you to another dimension. If it sends you mm, you're already sure. in another dimension and you smoke enough, <laughs> you have to smoke a lot. Yeah. Yeah. In order to alter your consciousness. Yeah. I want to see, of that stuff. man, I want to see Rob Sant smoking weed <laughs> like Elon Musk style on the Joe Rogan show. <laughs> <laughs> I bet we, man. So he, he, ignored our 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 acceptance of his request to come on our show but i wonder if we could Mm -hmm. uh you know change his mind if we offered to do that like (laughs) what if we get you on video smoking weed then will you come on the show (laughs) it'll make you look really cool (laughs) it will make you look really cool honestly (laughs) like it might honestly not be a bad idea it might make you like you're trying to be relatable like, imagine, man, if Rob Stan gets stoned, like, man, what's he going to be talking about? He's going to, we're going to, like, see the real Rob Sand if mm-hmm. he gets stoned on camera, you know? Yeah. He's, like, kind of all act. about, like, artifice and, like, mm-hmm. yeah, pretending he's, like, way stupider than he actually is. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, when you smoke weed, it kind of makes you stupid. So, we get, get to see the real Rob Sand. Yeah, that's why I've never smoked it. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm so that's why I'm so smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although speaking of the the Israel stuff, uh, did you see uh, Sarah Silverman said that uh, huh. she like yeah <laughs> she posted something that like Israel should be it's good that they're denying Gaza food and water and and then she blamed that on like being high. Like that's the reason she thought. I didn't that see was okay. that part. <laughs> I didn't see that part. <laughs> I'm I'm joking, by the way. <laughs> it doesn't uh, it doesn't absolve you of anything, um, right? Yeah. No, that's wild. I did see the yeah collective punishment thing. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've yeah fuck her, fuck that. That's <laughs> lots of just ridiculous. Lots of very stupid famous people have signed on to a lot of really appalling statements in the past couple of weeks. Amy Schumer, also a lot of terrible shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh all right, so that's uh that's the voicemail segment. Three one nine eight four nine eight seven three three. Uh you can also, if you would like to mail us an Oreo that came from another dimension that traveled here via Sky Glider, our address is P.O. Box fifty three thirty six, Coralville, Iowa, five two two four one. If you missed it, just go back a few seconds and listen to it again and write it down this time. Um We've got a bunch of shit coming out on this podcast feed over the next week. Uh, Again, we're recording on October 22nd. I'll probably have this done and edited by tonight. So you'll see previously in the feed, I Hear, I See Radio episode 125 with Daroja Guamna was released. That's the anniversary episode of I Hear, I See Radio. 
It's been six years since I started doing radio. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> and then tomorrow, we're releasing last year's Halloween episode for free. It's like two and a half hours long. So that'll be on the free feed tomorrow. Rocktober Halloween Carcass 3. Preparing you for the upcoming release of Rocktober Halloween Carcass 4. Part 1 of which comes out on the 24th, so on Tuesday. And part 2, which comes out on Halloween itself, October 31st. Uh, these are like... We do sort of like a D&D thing every year with uh, Lorelei as our dungeon mistress. So if you're into really silly, nerdy bullshit, uh, go to patreon.com slash rockhardcaucus for the Halloween episodes that are coming out. I'm also playing some shows, so I'm not sure what the podcast release schedule is going to look like in November because I'm going to have to go out of town a few times. But uh, I'm going to be in Indianapolis with with my band BCJSPs. That's all these shows. Indianapolis this week, the 26th. Uh, Chicago on November 9th. DeKalb, Illinois on November 10th. Chicago again on November 11th at the Color Club. That, I think that's going to be like our big show, hopefully. Uh, Public Space 1 in Iowa City, November 17th. Galesburg, Illinois, November 18th. So that's the BCJ's Peace Tour. You can find ticket links at justinkcomer.com slash shows. And then I think I can announce this one as well. November 9th, I'm going to be at XBK as a guest for the Haploid album release show. It's not December 9th. What did I, I say? December 9th. November 9th. If, whatever I said, I meant December 9th. <laughs> That's when that show is. <laughs> Haploid at XBK. I will be a guest because I played on their new album. Yes. Okay, that, that's all that I had to plug. Are we done? Yeah, I don't have anything to plug. Okay. Evan might be coming to that show on November 9th. Uh, Fuck, I will, December yeah, 9th. I will be at that show. <laughs> oh, also, oh, I do have one thing to plug. Um, there is going to be another uh, demonstration for Palestinian freedom on Tuesday the 24th at Cowles Commons in downtown Des Moines at 6 p.m. Okay. Um, I will put a... Is there any sort of like online info about that? Um, yeah, I'm sure there is. It's like all, okay. all of the... Uh, like the DSA, um, a lot of left political groups um, are all on board with it. So uh, hoping for a good turnout. I'm, I'm planning to be there. So Cool. I'll put something in the episode description so you can find it, people listening. All right, that'll do it for Rock Hard Caucus episode one two three, triple one two three one two three one two three one two three m m m m m m m m m m m m m m m m m m yeah the the three thousandth podcast three m's talk alert possible person with a gun near the pharmacy building on South Grand Avenue stay clear of the area person with a gun. Person with a gun. Person with a gun. Person with a gun.